Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. It's My Pop's Culture, starring my son, Ben, and me, his dad. Do you really have to say it like that, Dad? With our guest stars, creators of the classic comedy airplane, David and Jerry Zucker. Surely we can't be serious. We are serious. And don't call us Shirley. Ben, let's figure out what would be a clever line to start this podcast with. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, but don't call me Shirley. Okay, give me another one. That let's was a go. good end. That is a good end. But let's let what other what right. other classic lines can we use from that? Um, it's a okay. Today will be a different type of podcast altogether. Today, today will, will be, be a different, different type of podcast. podcast. Um, what else? Um, ask me, ask me, ask me a question. Just ask me any question. You ever seen a grown man naked? I can't tell. Then you say. You can you, tell you me. Can, oh, you can tell me. I'm, I'm a, a doctor. doctor. Ben. Yeah, I should do that. Ben. Yeah. Have you ever seen a grown man naked? I don't know. You ever been to a Turkish prison? No. This get, this is going to be the top. This is the podcast. Yeah. I just going to get. I'm going to be. I'm going to be Peter Graves. You be Joey. I'm just going to keep feeding you shit like he did. The kid doesn't do anything. That's right. Be quiet. Okay. Jesus Christ. Ben. Yes. You ever seen a grown man naked? What? Ben. You ever been to a Turkish prison? Excuse me? Ben, have you ever uh, been in a gymnasium? Gymnasium. Ben, have you ever been in a gymnasium? <laughs> oh, you're not saying anything now. No, because the whole bit's that the kid's just playing with this thing. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Oh, yeah. Do you, do you watch gladiator films, Joey? Oh, yeah. Do you ever watch gladiator movies, Ben? If people listening can't figure out by now where all these lines are from, then they have been living under a rock for 40 years. I, th- I would say so, yeah. We're talking about our favorite film, you and I. Mm-hmm. What is it, Ben? Airplane. Airplane, one of the greatest, well, the greatest parody film Yeah, I think it's, it set the bar for parody movies. Right, like before there was, what were the scary movies, before there was Naked Gun. Mm-hmm. 
top secret. Before there was mockumentaries, there was Airplane. Yeah. Airplane was a was a film based on a 1957 movie called Zero Hour, mm-hmm. which was a serious film about a flight crew who got food poisoning and they had to learn how to fl- land the plane. There was a pilot as one of the passengers. Hello. Hi. This is Captain Wilson and our first officer, Mr. Stewart, and this is Mr. Stryker and his son, Joey. Joey, here's something we give our special visitors. Would you like to have it? Yeah. An airplane was the parody of that was and the was that. just perfect in every way. And it's amazing because when our airplane came out when I was a kid, um, we didn't know what to expect. We never saw a film like this. I think yeah. there was your parody satire films like your Mel Brooks. Yeah. But there was never something so... I don't know. Mel Brooks is very different than this film. Well, because I, th- I think like Mel Brooks is parody, but it's it's a satire. It's like a, a commentary through the, you know, there, there's gags there's, and, and there's laugh out loud funny moments, but there's, you know, like Blazing Saddles has commentary in it about race. You know, the, the producers have stuff about like Nazis, Nazis and Hitler. Yes. But also, but also, it's an original. It's it's an original screenplay where they came up with a concept. Yeah. We are going to parody and satirize the nineteen thirty horror films or the western films. Yeah, where what Airplane did is the Zucker brothers bought the rights to the film Zero Hour of nineteen fifty seven. Yeah, kept basically the entire film. Yeah, and played and just had fun with that movie. Yeah, I mean they punched it up to like the nth degree. Yes, yes. You know what one of my favorite parts of Airplane is that people don't even, some people don't even know it exists. What? Is you watch the whole movie. Yeah. And you don't really, if you, if you leave that theater or turn off the VCR or your PVR or whatever too early while the credits are going, mm. you will miss at the end the man sitting in the cab. Yeah. Who says, I'll give him another 10 minutes or something like that. It's like you forgot about this guy. It's almost like, I feel like today, like, are the big thing right now in today's culture is like Marvel movies. And, I, I and it's like Marvel. Marvel movies is like, oh, like what's the post credit scene? Everyone's like, oh, wait for the post credits. If you think about it, it's like Airplane had the first like post credit scene. Okay, I don't like Marvel movies. Why did I'm you just, have to bring that? I was in such a good mood to I'm talk just, about Airplane. I'm saying, just, yeah. Mar- you look at Marvel as, oh, they yes. revolutionized the post credit scene. You're like, well, actually, Airplane did that in the 1980s. Airplane did it. And even if you watch the credits in Airplane, have you read the credits? There's there's fake credits in there. Did you know that? No. You didn't know I didn't that? even know that. No. Watch the credits. They're all made up. Okay. Not all of them, but I'm saying they make up positions, they make up names. You have to go through the credits. See, people don't even know that. Yeah, there's well, these, that's that's the thing. There's so many things on different watches that you pick up on. Hidden Easter eggs, right? You don't yeah. you have to watch things closely or you won't get the joke. Not even that, or you're you're too busy laughing at one thing that you don't realize the next thing that happens, and it's like every time you watch it, like there's another joke you find layered into it. I still to this day, if if someone's at the hospital, you're at the hospital, what is it? It's a big building with patients, but that's not important right now. Like there's these these lines from movies become part of pop culture, and I think air, airplane for me is just like it's it's the golden bowl of like lines in pop culture. It's like you can reach in that bowl and grab any line and it's going to be just as pervasive in pop culture as the next. Okay, can we just go back, take a step back? Yeah. To the golden bowl of lines. The golden lines. bowl of lines. The golden bowl of lines sounds like it was a scene from Scarface where it was a golden bowl of lines of cocaine. 
the golden bowl of lines. That's how it, you. That was your clever well, thing to I'm, come up with to describe. I didn't, I didn't think it's clever. You wouldn't just, just say. You wouldn't just say. Oh my god, Airplane is one of the funniest films of all time. All the lines in Airplane are part of pop culture. The film is pop culture. Parody is pop culture. But no, the golden bowl of lines. All I was trying to say is like it's like imagine you got a, a bowl. Of one line, I know what you were trying in, to say, it and everyone was, is going to be just as as big as the next line. The golden bowl of lines said no one ever. I said it to describe airplane. But anyway, we're doing a show about pop culture. We're doing this podcast. Airplane, the film is pop culture as a comedy film. The lines have become part of our popular culture for forty years. Yeah. People are still saying, pardon me, I was passing by. Would you like a cup of coffee? Yeah, it's it's shocking how many lines in there have lasted. I know, seriously. Long. Seriously. Well, what a treat today to be talking about one of the funniest pop culture films of all time. You know how many times I snuck into the movie Airplane? I, the first time I watched it, was laughing so hard. We walked out. We bought another ticket. We went back in. But I probably saw it that summer six or seven times. I probably snuck in four times, five times into the movie. It's it's a weird concept thing about going to a theater to see a movie multiple times. Yeah, because we could in, we knew when a movie came on in 1980, it wasn't going to come on television until a couple years. We were not going to be able to see that movie again. Yeah. For a few years. You know, like movies are streaming now. You know the difference. I would go to a movie, it's like, oh, it would be a television event. Yeah. Oh, tonight television event, airplane, and then they would edit it for television. They yeah. would take out certain scenes, you know? You know what movie, part scenes I always love too? I, okay, let's talk about some of our favorite scenes of airplane. Okay. I love the part where they go, when the stewardess comes by and she goes, would you like another cup of coffee? And the woman says, um, what did she, she says? I'll have one, but wait, my wait, husband, Jim, Jim but, won't. Jim won't. And Jim goes, actually, I'd like another cup of coffee. And then she goes, Jim never has a second cup of coffee at home. Yeah. Those were that was a parody of a commercial. Oh, sure you can't stay for more coffee. It's late, and Jim never has a second. You cup. know, I'd love another cup. Jim never had seconds of my coffee. Yeah, I think was, I was reading about that. Yeah, it was a parody of a commercial. I love the woman, the same lady when she calm down, get a hold of yourself, and then the doctor, lady, you got to calm down, and the nurse, the nun comes up, doctor, you're wanted on the phone. And they slap her across the face. And yeah, they, a, they, they, they go with the entire line of, yeah, of people lot that of are people waiting with guns and Brass and knuckles, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really, um, I don't know. And then the whole, the white zone is for loading and unloading of passengers yeah, or only. It's like, uh, he goes to get the ticket. It's like smoking or non-smoking. Non-smoking. Smoke, she hands at the things billowing in smoke. <laughs> like, it's so ridiculous, but it's so yeah. funny. But I, I, I love the fact that it it's absurdist and all the humor is absurdist, but everyone in the film to them, the world isn't absurd. The word, the world just exists. Right. If they were to play to the comedy, it wouldn't be funny. Mm-hmm. If the actors playing the comedic roles were comedians, we would be expecting them to be funny. Yeah. The fact that you're seeing these straight-laced actors, Robert Stack played the in The Untouchables on television. Peter Graves, who was the pilot, was Mission Impossible. Um, the uh, Lloyd Bridges was Sea Hunt, serious actor. These yeah. weren't you know, some of the people were com- funny. What was the guy, Johnny? Johnny, what can you make out of this? This? Well, I could make a cap or a brooch or a pterodactyl. Or he pulls out the plug. He pulls out the lights. Remember, we can't see the runway. And he has like the plug in his oh. hand shaking. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, it's like, and they're passing the newspaper. Uh, 
a passenger's going to perish. You know, flight out of control. There's a sale at pennies. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, all the lines are so yeah. great. And that's so the thing. Um, it's like every, every time you go watch it, you find a new thing to laugh at. Or you remember a new thing that you're like, oh, I forgot how funny that thing was. Or the laugh is already ingrained in you. You know to laugh at it because yeah. you've laughed at it for 40 years. And what's cool with the two of us is it's something, I love that movie so much. I showed it to you when you were a kid. You loved it so much that you got a tattoo. Yeah. You got a tattoo on your body, which is the airplane from the poster. Well, it, was, it was the first tattoo that I ever got. Right. So what does that mean to you? You know, like, what does that say about your love for this? I mean, I know exactly, like, the thing when, because I've been wanting a tattoo for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, the first one was always a, what is it? What should it be? What should it represent? And I remember specifically, like, the night that I was like, oh, it's, I'm getting the airplane tattoo. When I, I made that click, like, I just booked the appointment immediately. It's like, I didn't think twice about it. Because I was like, oh, that's the film that means the most to me. So interesting, you know, like, my love of airplane is about, um, I have the poster, I have the autographs of everybody that starred in the film, and that's what I keep dear to me. And then you have it as part of your body. And it just shows us two different generations who have the same love for this movie and express it a little differently how we each have the love for it. Yeah, and I think it's a testament to how, how much that film has survived over 40 years. Yes. Ben, I have a really great intro for our next guest. An intro? What is it? Well, it's an introduction to who our guests are, but that's not important right now. So clever. Who do we have today, Ben? We've got Jerry Zucker and we've got David Zucker. Who are they? The Zucker brothers, you ask? Yes. The writers and directors of Airplane. The writers, directors, and producers. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. You know the movie so well, you didn't get that. Anyways, fasten your seatbelts, everybody, because we are the creators of Airplane. Do you want to press the button? What button do we push? Just what, tell me which one. Just for this time, tell me which you can, one. The one in the middle. Though. Surely you're not serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. So, Ben, is, are you the one with the tattoo? Yeah. I, I got to see it see before it we start the interview. That's the reason we did this, because otherwise, well, wait a minute. Hold oh, it. Oh, no. Look at, no. You got to see this. Look at, look at this tattoo. Look at that. Yeah. Wow. That is great. You guys are hardcore. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm with. I'm here. I'm, 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 I'm down to. I'm with you too. I mean, so much for being buried in a Jewish cemetery ever. But <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, but, you, know. <laughs> you know what? It's so it's so funny, guys. We are we are so thrilled to have you guys here. This has been my favorite film of all time. I you know my son comes along. It becomes his favorite film so much so huh. that he has a tattoo. So the both of us sitting here today talking to both of you it's like it's great it's amazing it's been shared it's, it's meant it's to be absolutely shared okay yeah <laughs> that's sweet how old is your son i'm uh i'm 27 <laughs> all right why did okay. you oh, david why are you laughing <laughs> i thought you were talking about your son somewhere someone somewhere other place or something no this is my son I have a 29-year-old son, and my own son doesn't have an airplane tattoo. Yeah. You know, but I want to show him this. So now, yeah, I said, look at, well, you know, you, want to, you can need to get one. It's, uh, it's amazing that just two generations that this became our favorite film of all time. And I was saying to my right. son, like, when I first saw Airplane in the theater, I was laughing so hard that my friend and I walked out after the movie ended. We walked up to the ticket sales, bought another ticket, walked right back <laughs> in because we missed 
so much from laughing. Correct. It was something so different that we never saw before. I, we love to hear that. I wanted to know here, Ben, you want to ask the first question. You wanted to ask. I want to talk about the backstory of Airplane, specifically with Zero Hour. And just how did that all come about? How did you, how did you find the Zero Hour script? How did you decide to parody it? When, when did that happen? Well, we used, we, when we ran this uh, live theater show called Kentucky Fried Theater, where we had live sketches. This was on Pico Boulevard in L.A. In, you know, we started it in 1971 in Milwaukee, in Madison, and then moved the show to uh, L.A. And so we did the show for a few years. And then what we would do is have a, a video monitor on stage showing parodies of TV commercials. Yeah. And we would leave our old-fashioned reel-to-reel tape recorder on overnight to get the commercials of, on the late-night movies. Yes. And so we cleared off in the morning. And one morning, we started getting interest, interested in the movie that was playing more than the commercials. And the movie was Zero Hour. And I think we, our first thought was, well, we, we could redub this because it's... Yes, it's such a ridiculous movie. I mean, yeah. it was so serious. That's why we we thought serious movies were funnier than the actual comedies of the day. So we thought, well, why don't we we could we could uh, you know uh, redub this? But then it was a, a a leap then to say, what the hell with redubbing? Why don't we recast it with serious actors? And that's how the idea for Airplane started. And, that went through many years of drafts before we got to the shooting draft. We were very lucky to have found Zero Hour because it, it, we knew nothing about plot and structure. And in fact, really, I think I, I, I would make the argument to uh, uh, anybody making a comedy that uh, a, 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 a great structure is probably even almost more important than than in a a drama or or equally because yes. if the if on some moronic level the audience cares about whether the plane gets down safely and the boy and girl get back together, uh, then the jokes are just going to work much better. Yes, and and that actually is. It's a great, you could teach structure from zero hour. It's a perfectly structured movie and it's a B movie. Yes. And, and yeah, there are a lot of cliches and we make fun of it, but there's something about that movie that when you start watching, you just want to know how it's going to come out. You, right. you, you care about these people. And so we took all of those beats are, are right from zero hour. And, and, um, it, uh, uh, I wish uh, we could have found another movie like that, you know, because... Or I wish that we had known that at the time, what we were doing. Right. Right. We, we took that plot, which was written by a guy named Arthur Haley, who also mm-hmm. did all the airport movies. Uh, and, and we just, we took that plot and just, we took it for granted. And we just, it worked Yeah. I love that you brought up Arthur Haley because he wrote Airport. He also did the TV movie Terror in the Sky. He remade his own Zero Hour. Yeah. And he would always, and what's interesting also with Airport 75 is he used Dana Andrews in that movie who was in Zero Hour. Right. Which is kind of like 
Arthur Haley, did you, did you do anything else besides airplanes? No, he made a living out of airplanes. I know. You know? He had these airplane stories that he, yeah, he ran with. Thank God them. commercial air travel had been invented. You know, uh, it, it was uh, it was great for him. But no, he said they were good. He knew how to, I mean, the plot of Zero Hour is really much better than any of the airport movies, actually. Yes. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's. Um, so that was a, a gift and we didn't, as David mentioned, I don't think at the time we quite a, appreciated how great that was because then our next movie, Top Secret, had no plot, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and there you see all these jokes strung together and a lot of them are very funny, but it just, it, it just doesn't work at the same level. So. I love how I love how if you want to become a filmmaker, go study Zero Hour. Yeah, go study the structure of Zero Hour. Like there's certain films out there. If you really want to know the basics of what has the main plot, the secondary thread, the arc, yeah. the wrap up, it's interesting. I mean, it kind of boils down to simple stuff. I mean, uh, first act you get your hero up a tree. Yes. The second act you throw stones at him, and the third act you get him down. And that, yeah, that, this is why yeah. David do, doesn't teach a film structure at a major university. But, but, but at you know, certain levels, I understand it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, he, he, that's how we explained it to David because it was a little easier and he could, oh, stones, tree, got it. Yes. Okay. When I, when I saw Airplane the first time, when I was in the theater, that before I bought my second ticket, when Barbara Billingsley comes out as the jive lady, I screamed in the theater. I go, oh, my God, that's Mrs. Cleaver. And the audience just started clapping and <laughs> yeah. cheering because they didn't recognize her. How did you come up with the casting? Like, you have all these straight guys. you got your Leslie Nielsen's, Peter Gray's, Robert Stack. You know, you've got Barbara Bill. How did you figure that all out? Well, in the Barbara Billingsley instant, you know, we, we had these the black jive dudes. And we went, yeah. we wanted to go the complete opposite of that. So we selected the whitest lady on the planet. Oh, stewardess, I speak jive. Oh, good. Just hang loose, blood. She's going to catch up on the rebound on the med side. What it is, big mama? My mama raised no dummies. I duck her rap. Cut me some slack, Jack. Chomp don't want to help. Chomp don't get the help. And, and it was going to either be Harriet Nelson yes. or June Cleaver. Yeah. And, uh, and actually, we did meet with Harriet Nelson, I think. Interesting. What happened with Harriet Nelson was probably she read the rest of the script. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> well, that's why Peter Graves just threw it in the trash when he read it. That's right, because he wasn't going to do it originally. Yeah, yeah he, he, he thought it was terrible. terrible. Yeah. And then we, you know, we realized later, you know, doing a lot of movies and, and dealing with actors is that they only read their own parts. Right. And when Peter read it, I mean, he appeared to be playing a pedophile. Uh, and, and so... Uh, I don't know why he thought that. Yeah, I mean, but, but our executive producer Howard Koch, uh, who was the same age as Peter Graves and Stack and all these guys at the time, uh, convinced Peter to come in and meet us. And then we appeared to be just normal Midwestern wholesome guys. I think his family also liked it. Peter Graves' yeah. family, his wife and his daughter, said, "You got to do this." Yeah, and then in the end. He thought it was great, and I, you know, remember that first screening that he saw. His his wife was laughing hysterically, and and Peter was like, "Okay, I get it." You know, the, the actors. I don't think, except for Leslie, 
I don't think they really got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, David? I mean, Stack, actually, no, I should say, Stack got it. He, he would always say, we're, I get it, we're the Stooges. Yeah. You know, so he wasn't, a, Leslie was the one who was kind of a fish in water. Yeah. He was just, yeah. he was brilliant. You look at him, his mm-hmm. his timing and 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 the, the, uh, the way he delivers those lines with such intensity. I mean, he's, he's, he's perfect. You'd better tell the captain. We've got to land as soon as we can. This woman has to be gotten to a hospital. A hospital? What is it? It's a big building with patients, but that's not important right now. Captain, how soon can you land? I can't tell. You can tell me I'm a doctor. Lloyd didn't really trust, I don't think, the humor. And so you can see where he gets a little bigger. And we kept trying to bring him down. But it was, it actually, when I look at it now, it, it's great texture. Everyone is a little, yes. yeah. a little different. So I think he works perfectly. And I, 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 I wouldn't change a thing. Um, and Peter Graves just, you know, he's a great guy, in for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah. Okay, I'm doing this movie. What do you need? And Peter, Peter actually had one of the hardest scenes to do, which yeah. was, the, you know, when he comes on to the little boy. And so that had to be done. I mean, we really painted by the numbers. You ever been in a cockpit before? No, sir. I've never been up in a plane before. You ever seen a grown man naked? Joey? Ever hang around the gymnasium? Joey, you like movies about gladiators? Tell me the lines. What are the? Because we were talking about that today. Tell us those. Where'd you come up with gladiator and Turkish, yeah, Turkish prison? Never seen a grown man naked. Said, where does anything come from? It's just I. I if someone said it, and, and we laughed. There are probably a bunch of things that uh, we we said that we didn't laugh at, but. It was, you know, that scene once again was in Zero Hour where he gives yes. the little boy a plane. Would you yeah. have you ever? And he says, Have you been in a cockpit before? You ever been in a cockpit before? No, sir. I've never been up in a plane before. You know, this is just the, kind of the perverted way we think. But what David was talking about when he said, uh, uh, paint by numbers and, and mm-hmm. directing the scene, we, um, we really had to tell Peter. When to look at the boy, when to look up, when to look away, and and it was really I, it, because it, it it was a very kind of fragile mm-hmm. joke, I think. And if he had looked at the boy when he said, "Have you ever seen a grown man naked?" it may have gone too far, you know. And just right. the fact that he kind of looked away and and threw it away, uh, 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 you know, made it a little. Uh, well, there's there's a really fine line between funny. And just uh, offensive, I guess. And yeah, part of it had that been Chevy Chase or Bill Murray, it would have been offensive or, or yes, completely different joke. Right. Well, it's a, just a, you know, it's funny. I sometimes wonder because the studio at first wanted to cast comedians, you know, which was the big thing to us that we resisted. Now it's this is yes. just because nobody. I have to say, nobody really quite got, or very few people really understood we were what we were doing the first day of dailies we got the call from the studio kind of saying okay now we get it mm-hmm. you know we now we see why you're casting these guys but but i always wonder what it would be like what it would be like because you could have you know chubby chase could have said i am serious and don't call me surely and it was still gotten a laugh it should have been a completely different movie, and and with comedians, mm-hmm. you know, it, it 
I, I don't know. I, I, they could have made it funny. They could have gotten away with yeah. stuff, depending upon how they played it. But it, it, the whole, our whole reason, our whole excitement about making airplane, our, our vision was playing it, it, it straight. And actually, right. Uh, we 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 wouldn't even say we didn't say play it straight because when you tell an actor to play it straight they think all right I'll play it straight you know but they're really not they're kind of winking and we would say don't let on that you know you're in a comedy right mm-hmm. in other words pretend that you don't know and that was what Lloyd had a little trouble with he wanted to you know push it and and Leslie loved that I mean that was. He he was he always said I would have paid them to do this for him. He's kind of a closet comedian anyway, mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, um, I don't know how he played, you know, all these, these serious roles all those years. But he loved, you know, uh, delivering goofy lines with an absolutely straight face. And because Leslie was a goofball in the guise of this straight appearing yep. job that he had at a, as a serious actor. But I think, you know, he had a goofy side that, that yeah. wanted to come out. And so he, that's why he got airplane immediately. Leslie used to, you could see it on some of the interviews that he's done. He had a little fart machine that someone made for him. And, and it was this thing that would make, it wasn't electronic, uh, it had a little hole in it. You, if you pressed it just right against your palm, you could, and you could do it pretty surreptitiously. You know, people wouldn't see it. And he, he would do that constantly. He would love to uh, uh, walk onto an elevator with a coat and tie, you know, and looking very distinguished as he did, and then a fart, you know. And and then if you look. On YouTube, he he's done that on on Letterman television yeah. shows. Now you you had not done a great deal of comedy before Airplane, had you? Or well, just a little bit. It just really depends on you know who sees it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now uh, now no, people you know permit me to be funny in front of the camera. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and that predated Airplane that he would do that. So he, he was always had that in in his real life. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah. It's funny, like, I th- what I think Airplane did so brilliantly was by putting a, a dramatic character in the absurdist world and not calling attention to the absurdity of it, it works so well. And it's like, we have this, this thing nowadays where it's like, when comedians do dramatic roles, it's always so impressive of a Steve Carell doing a, a dramatic role, it's, or an Adam Sandler doing a dramatic role. 
but it's it's so interesting how you did the opposite of the drama, you know, dramatic actor doing comedic comedic role, and it just paid off so so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I I I mean, it was a whole. Uh, I, I don't know why the three of us uh, really just all had that vision, and I don't know if it was you know growing up in Milwaukee and uh, um, uh, you know all three Jews from from Milwaukee, which is a place where, uh, you know, certainly when we were there, things would come to, but not from. There's a certain arrogance about being from the big cities, right. L.A. and New York and whatever. Uh, but, you know, the Milwaukee, a lot of people in Milwaukee have kind of a self-deprecating sense of humor. And so we would watch all these shows and 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 films, mostly on TV, I think, but... but uh, and and with all this hard hitting, they took themselves so seriously, and that to us seemed funny. You know, we we or we wanted to make fun of of, of that. And uh, uh, but the trick was the I will say the thing that we did that I don't think, although I've seen some great satire that's in the vein of our films. Uh, Nobody was as strict as we were with the actors. Uh-huh. I mean, we really, it doesn't work unless, in, unless people are play naive of, of the humor. And actors, they like to be funny, you know? They, but, but when you think about it, forgive me for going on about this. but No, it's great. Uh, I look at, you know, I'm a Jim Carrey fan. So one would think, well, Jim Carrey, he does tons of faces and crazy stuff or whatever. But the reason it works so well is because he doesn't let on that he thinks he's funny. He, mm-hmm. he so immerses himself in that character and, 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 and that you believe it and, and you don't catch him kind of like, yeah, aren't I funny? Uh, he he's just buries himself deep inside that character that's, you know, completely crazy but mm-hmm. but yet it's funny because you believe it well i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah well i'll i'll come over later yeah it. yeah you know what it's i love how also not only with the comedy but you did you did such nice tributes to zero hour when you got kareem abdul jabbar to be there because the original film was elroy Crazy Legs Hirsch, which was a football player. Yeah. So you brought another athlete into the film. There was this night, that was a nice tribute to the movie. Well, and, and there also, in the movies of the time, you know, there were a lot of parts that were given to athletes for no reason. There was a, there was a movie that O.J. Simpson was in called uh, Capricorn One, where it was right. fake moon landing. And so it's yes. O.J. Simpson. And that, and that actually was a trope, not just... I mean, it's funny when you say pay homage to Zero Hour. Have you, have you seen Zero I mean, it's... Yes, I've seen the original. We copied it. We bought the rights, had to yes, buy the yes. rights. It was, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, I, I never think of it as paying homage in a scene because it's like so, <laughs> uh, uh, so much of it is taken directly. Not that anyone would watch Airplane and say, oh, that's that's Zero Hour. I mean, they, yeah. people didn't know. People, yeah. people, a lot of people still don't know. It was crazy. I think the first time I, I realized it, because um, I, I watched it very young in, in our house. Yeah. And it's like, I think when YouTube started coming around, yeah. and then it's like people started cutting the, the zero-hour scenes and the airplane scenes. And I, yeah. the first time I was like, 
oh, I didn't realize it came from here. Yeah. But I was also like, I guess like 13 by that time. But I think also with homage too, I think I know, yes, it's a parody and yes, you brought the rights and you made something that was so serious, ridiculously serious into something so ridiculously funny. But there is an homage because you enjoyed that film. You liked that Zero Hour for the reason that it made you laugh. Yeah. We loved Zero Hour. We liked the airport movies. Yes, so did I. Yeah. And we liked, and for Naked Gun, we liked Dirty Harry movies. We liked James Bond movies. Yes. You know, we liked that stuff. I think you set the standard for parody, what you did with Airplane. Like you could take something that was so serious and parody it that it was, it becomes like, a lot of people don't know this about you guys and the film, but first of all, you guys won a director, a Writers Guild Award for the movie. You also, the film is in the, is it the li- National Con- Library, of Cong- Library of Congress, yeah. National Preservation? Tell me about that. Like that's pretty awesome. Well, <laughs> Jerry, did you just roll right, your eyes on that? We, we don't. <laughs> we don't think. What? Go ahead, David. We don't put much uh, weight on on awards. I mean, I don't even. I don't really don't watch the Oscars, or you know, much less Golden Globes or Emmys and stuff. I just there's just too many awards, and so. But it was nice, you know. We appreciate it, but it's not something that I don't know if we called mom, and she may have already been dead then, but. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, but it was, it wasn't like something that we were, I think we were kind of impressed with it, but I, it wasn't a big deal as I, re, as yeah, I remember. So I got a lot of, we got a lot of calls. Yeah. People would call it, it was, you know, like, gee, that's great. How nice. But I, it's not, I, I don't know for us, it just wasn't, uh, you know, we, it's like what it was at Annie Hall where Woody Allen says is, is, is supposed to give a, an award and he, he gets sick and he's, he's saying, uh, you know, Adolf, world's greatest fascist dictator, Adolf Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> you brought you brought up your mom. Isn't your your mom is in the woman in the movie with the makeup? Yeah, correct. Right. Yeah. And if anyone watches this film, it's your mom keeps trying to put on make on makeup during the turbulence, yeah. Yeah. and then you see her at the end when she's about to go down the slot and like, yeah. thank yeah. you for flying. Hope you had a nice time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually want to know, yeah. just from the two of you, yeah. what are what are your favorite scenes in the film? Yeah. You know, I always, you know, the, my, I have a couple of my, they, you know, one of them is Leslie, uh, you know, during turbulence, he looks up, he looks up to the cockpit and says, what the hell's going on up there? And in the foreground, he's got a, a woman's feet are in stirrups. <laughs> so it's like, and I like that because we don't point out the joke, you know, we don't cut to it. It's just, it's just there. If you happen to laugh at it, you know, right. it's there. And I think the audience appreciates that, our having people meet us halfway. Who came up with that, David? Who came up with just out of the blue, there's a woman giving birth in the aisle? Like who would, who just- You know, we don't, we we actually, well, you know, one of us came up with it, but we we don't remember who. I mean, I remember, you know, some of the biggest lines, like, I am serious and don't call me Shirley. We, uh, any of us could have came up, yeah. come up with it. We don't, we don't in fact remember because- and we probably don't remember because we never put any importance on who thought of what. Right. And uh, that became a key to keeping a collaboration going for so many yeah. years. We also, I don't know if we ever like made a decision, but it, it would, it, 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 I think we all just naturally came to uh, the idea that 
we wouldn't ever take individual credit for anything. So obviously, yeah, there are some jokes yes. we, I, you know, re- we remember yeah. who thought of or that we thought of or whatever, but we just don't, we never talk about that. Some of the jokes, I exactly remember who came up with it because Jim Abrams would type and we'd all throw out ideas and Jim would actually type the script on an old-fashioned typewriter with a roll of time. And yeah. what Jim liked to do was he'd sneak in stuff. And then when Jerry and I would read it back, then we'd crack up. So, uh, you know, one of the things that he came up with, you know, I when uh, Elaine, uh, Julie Haggerty says, I remember when I used to hold you and how I used to sit on your face and wriggle. And that's one of the things that Jim just put in there to, to screw with us. Yeah. And... You know, we and I think Jerry and I instantly crashed up and maybe thinking, oh, we probably weren't going to use that. But, you know, but we did, of course. Yeah. David, you were going to give us another scene. You mentioned your one of your favorite moments was the stirrups. Oh, the stirrups. And then there's one that nobody sees till like the 10th viewing. And that's, you know, when the airplane crashes through the glass and there's a woman, maybe you haven't seen this. There's a woman who's running away in panic with a baby and throws the baby in the air. <laughs> As, so you should go back and, and see that. But the third scene, which is my favorite scene because it was funny 40 years ago, it's funny today, and it'll, I know it'll be funny 40 years from now, is, uh, you know, when, when uh, the, the stewardess says uh, she's so scared, and besides, I'm 26 and I'm not married. Yes. And then the other woman comes in, and Leslie asks her how she's doing. How are you bearing up? be honest, I've never been so scared. But at least I have a husband. <laughs> and so it's just like, I love that joke. And also because it was shot as a master. We didn't cut into anything. Yeah. Um, and it just, it just works beautifully. The timing, everything. Sometimes stuff just works like that. Jerry, what about yourself? I like everything but those two. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't get to catch a break. You know, I hope. I hope your father-son relationship turns out better than this. This brother. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, but uh, I, I actually do love those. David actually hit on two of my favorite things. Just, just because they're so. It's you know, it's one thing to write it just a gag. That's 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 it's funny. That gets. I am serious. Don't call me Shirley. I, you know, could go. Yes. In but probably a lot of films, but but you know the Leslie with the woman in stirrups and but at least I've got they're, they're just so there's something just odd about uh, 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 yes. uh, about him and I think there's uh, I probably could go through the joke the movie and find uh, a, a a bunch of them that I think really define our sense of humor in a lot of ways and and Jerry. What makes it different from any other movie? You know, you wouldn't find that stirrups joke in another movie. Right. Yeah. Or the, at least I've got a husband thing. It's just like, it's yeah. very unique. My two favorite moments are, are very small moments. I love when the old lady, they ask her if she has something she'd like to read. And she says, do you have anything liked? And they go, here's a leaflet on Jewish le- yeah. sports legends. They give her that. I thought that was funny. Yeah. And I also like when they're in the asylum or uh, and they go that, that army official or whatever she thinks she's he thinks he's Ethel, Ethel Merman. Merman. Oh yeah, and Ethel Merman yeah. comes out. <laughs> You'll be swell. You'll be great. Gonna have the whole world on a 
plate. Start here. Start now, honey. Everything's coming. I love that joke. That's yeah. yeah. I, I should see. Yeah, that's yeah. it's funny. If I, I'm sure if I <laughs> if I went to the movie right now, I would come up with a bunch of things. But you're right. That is a joke that. Uh, uh, that we that we always loved, just the idea we were, and, and we wrote it. Yes, Ethel Merman. You know, we could have been a lot of different people. Yeah, and so and she said, yeah, and she said, yeah, I'll do it. She just said yes. Yeah, but that was the great thing about um, having Howard Koch uh, uh, as a, a one of the producers is that uh, he gave us legitimacy, and he knew all those people. Yes. He, had, he had worked with all of them, and he knew Ethel Merman, so. He could call up and say, hey, there's this thing. Da, da, da. Yeah. The funny thing about that is I don't think there was a problem with her fee, which was, you know, I don't think it, it wasn't outrageous, uh, uh, right. really. And we couldn't afford to uh, pay an outrageous fee. But the one demand she made was that we also fly out her hairdresser. And what's funny about that is, I mean, look at her hair. She wanted <laughs> someone special to come out to do, to that, do that, you know. <laughs> uh, but it's, it, it, you know, it's that's uh, that was her trademark. That's that was her. But she was lovely, you know. She was really nice. That see, that's a story that I love to hear. That Ethel yeah. Merman, for the five seconds on screen, needed her hairdresser for that. Yeah, for the hairstyle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and of course, we were so thrilled that she would do it. We just fine, of course, whatever you know. And and, and for some strange reason, we were kind of Ethel Merman fans. I mean, Jerry had an apartment before we did Airplane, and there was a shelf, and there was a little cubby hole that that it had a door you could open the door and then there was a picture of Ethel Merman and the recording would come on. You'll be swell. You'll be great. <laughs> and that's, that was just odd. Yeah. You, you know, it's funny. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Until you just said that I hadn't really? thought about that. Uh, <laughs> if anybody had asked me about anything, like I would have said, no, I don't know that. Yeah. That's funny. I just, now I have a vague recollection. <laughs> Boy. Isn't that, but doesn't that mean some, isn't there a thing we talked about things that are meant to be here? You had this Ethel Merman thing in your own apartment. You know, it's weird how life happens, isn't it? It, it, it is weird how life happens. Yes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think that's, it's, yeah. I think that's an incredibly wise statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's on my tombstone. We're going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the modern world of comedy we're at right now, because I feel like you can see the ripple effect that Airplane has had on on modern comedies. And, you know, there's shows like, Wet Hot American Summer, for example, that I don't think could exist today without the airplanes of 1980. But I was also wondering, you know, in the 80s, the world of parody seemed really prevalent. And now I don't know if we're at the same point with parody. And I wonder how you feel that parody's changed over the years. I think this kind of humor has always been funny and it can be funny today if, if somebody would take a chance and do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those jokes and the joke that we talked about, uh, at least I've got a husband. Yeah. That would be funny today. It's just the, you know, but you, you don't necessarily parody airplane movies or even cop movies anymore, but it can be something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but it just takes, there's a lot of people saying no. Yeah. And uh, so there's and there's not many people taking chances in movies. Yeah. So there's no good movie comedy. Um, 
And, and uh, the the best comedy is actually being done on TV. There's one yeah. one that I think is funny is uh, Impractical Jokers. If you've seen them, they're on True TV, and they're hysterical. It's a, they prank each other. Oh, you're in for a treat. Okay, okay, <laughs> write it down, Ben. Yeah, I know what we're watching today. Go back to their first season, and uh, they've got they've got about uh, seven or eight seasons already. It's like it's so. And so when I first started watching it, I I couldn't watch more than 20 minutes of it because I was literally choking. I was laughing so hard. So uh, this I would I would recommend that I mean that's where funny is, not necessarily in movie comedy today. Right. We grew up on Mad Magazine and and it it was literally an instruction book on how to do satire. Yes. Uh, yes. because they would do scenes we'd like to see. And so right. we started thinking along those lines. I guess my Last question would just be, when you look back 40, 40, more than 40 years ago, what are you most proud of of what that film, what Airplane has done, guys? It's funny. I, I think the laughter is important, you know? And it's, it, 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 uh, 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 I, I think there's a, uh, I'm a fan of Eckhart Tolle. Mm -hmm. And there's one interview which he does when he talks about, uh, uh, how important laughter is spiritually, you know, he, he, there's, there's just something about it. It's an unusual thing. What else is, is like just letting yourself go and laughing. And, and so I'm proud that, that we've been able to uh, do that, you know, in a lot of films and particularly in airplane that it's a certain kind of, it's a, it's a specific kind of sense of humor that, if you share it, like you guys share that, that's a bond between you. Yeah. And we've gotten all these letters now, which is really odd at this point, of people like talking about how, you know, the one thing they shared with their dad was this sense of humor. They both loved, watched Airplane, loved it. And when the dad was dying, they they were talking, sharing Airplanes, remembering Airplane jokes back and forth, which is... Something I, you know, who would have never would have thought of of the movie having giving that to people, you know. But mm -hmm. but I just uh, I I think it's just great that that it's a um, it's a specific kind of humor that people uh, have responded so strongly to and still and and still shared. I mean, that's the one thing that when we made it, I think we all thought, oh, it's, it's going to be great. Can't wait till people see this and stuff. But I don't think we ever thought it would be around 40 years later, you know, and and the fact that it's lasted, I think, is uh, um, is something that makes me very happy. And, and I mean, I agree with everything Jerry said, but, you know, I would just, you know, the most important thing about it is that the movie is loved. It's like, it, and there aren't many movies where you can look back at it. I mean, it's loved. There's something more than, mm -hmm. you know, just there have been movies that are have been more successful and, you know, uh, and have done better at the box office or something. But uh, Airplane uh, continues to, it's still funny, which is, which is great. There's, uh, mm -hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's perennial, which I'm very proud of that. And, that I can go to parties and say, well, I directed Airplane. So, <laughs> Really, and really, guys, from the bottom of our hearts, you know, a humorous side and jokes aside and parodies aside, mm -hmm. um, 
just this, this is a just a really important moment for the two of us. So we want to thank you for that and thank you for the film. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. This has been fun. Thank, thank you. you so much. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. Well, Ben, that was a nice golden bowl of lines from the Zucker brothers. Why do you keep harping on this golden bowl thing and picking on me with this? Oh my God. If I would have shared the golden bowl with them, they would have said the same thing. I thought it was fun in the moment, but apparently it's it's not up it's to not, the par with It's a golden, with the golden bowl. You know what the golden bowl comes across like to me? It comes across like it's Trump's toilet. That's what it means to okay. me. Okay. Anyways, what'd you think of that, Ben? It was great. What else are you going to think about it? That it's, was great. It's it's just like, I mean, it's great on, on multiple levels, right? It's great the fact of like, we share such a love of the film that to be able to sit down with the creators was great. It's it's like hearing like little fun backstories of certain things like with the Ethel Merman thing. And it was in his, in his room as a kid. Yes. Um, getting to hear the process behind making it behind finding the script behind writing the lines. Like, you know, as, as a fan of the film, it's just like a dream to, to hear those things. You know, anytime you can hear part of a story that you didn't know. Yeah. And you hear it right from the, the horse's mouth, so to speak, the, yeah. the creators, and to be able, I think also too, just to be able to have such a love for a film and be able to talk to the two guys who were behind it yeah. is just a pretty surreal thing, you know? Like, who would have thought this this thing would happen in our lifetime for us? Mm-hmm. You know, people think it's a silly little movie, but what they said at the end, how much laughter it's brought and how it brought people together for 40 years. Um, you know, this film is in the Library of Congress as a, as a film to preserve because of its comedy. I also like the fact that he says when people write them now or just write them over the years, how there was a father and son where the father was dying and they sort of just shared their love of airplane together in their last moments. So at the end of the day, really what it comes down to is laughter is what connects people and laughter is what makes you feel good. And really, that's all this movie did. Yeah. It made us laugh. It really made us laugh. And it's making us laugh for 40 years. Yes, that's true. It seems like they were having so much fun when they were making this film. And it was like an idea just popped into their head and they would just do it. Like when David was saying his favorite part is when they go to get Leslie Nielsen and he's in the middle of the aisle with stirrups in it, giving woman's giving birth. Yeah. Nobody even addresses that. That's odd. Mm -hmm. They just thought, put that in. Ethel Merman. Oh, that would be funny. Let's get her. Let's put her in the movie. No one thinks, you know, and then those little bits are what becomes things that people remember. And there's nothing... There's no connective tissue to the movie. Yeah. They just thought of something funny. And they threw it in. And they threw it in. But right. and, and then there's like another, I mean, it, it is fun because it's like, you know, pop parody is pop culture, but they're also like, they parody a commercial. Right. There with the coffee, which is pop culture. I mean, they're parodying the tropes of, of airport disaster movies. Right. They're parodying what people think of airplane food. Mm-hmm. The people get sick from airplane food. They're parroting, you know, in the in the 19, late 70s, early 80s, there was tons of Harry Krishnas at the LA airport. Yeah. So they're parroting all those um, people always asking for money or handing out pamphlets. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's a parody within a parody within a parody. What? It's like a golden bowl of parodies. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Oh, God, Benji. Okay. Um, Well, anyways, it was very special to sit with you today with the people who created our favorite movie of all time. And um, 
I think that was just really, you know, all kidding aside, that was pretty special. Yeah, it was a it was a really surreal moment. Yes. Ben, you know what? I'm the one who always ends podcasts, but I thought maybe you could end it this time. Why don't you end the podcast? Surely you can't be serious. <laughs> Wasn't that a riot, folks? Oh, this has gone on for too long. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.